It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, James Rapine. Jake Lisko out today, but that's all right. We're packed, we're stacked, we're loaded here on Locked On Bengals today. We're going to start with Joe Burrow, the number one pick in how he's leading by example. Plus, we have an update on Joe Mixon and how contract negotiations are going between him and the Bengals as he enters the final year of his contract. And we're going to get the latest on the Bengals reopening Paul Brown Stadium. That's happening on Wednesday. We will do all of that and more today on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's start with Joe Burrow. This is something I wrote about at SI.com, and I think it's extremely noteworthy. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they've been over the past three decades, right? My entire lifetime, a lot of the the people that listen to this, the majority of your lifetime, we've spent watching the Bengals either one, put out an inferior product, which is really 91 through 2002. That was the case. Then they became competent in Marvin Lewis and, and different people, Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson. We could go on and on and on. They became a relevant franchise. And it, it really bolstered expectations. Fans expected more, and rightfully so. And what happened? They couldn't get over the hump. And I can attribute that to so many different things. And I think that uh, a lot of people genuinely blame Mike Brown. And there's an argument that could be made there. There's an argument that could be made for Marvin Lewis and Carson Palmer. And the list could go on and on and on. But then after that, Marvin stays around. Carson doesn't. Andy Dalton, you bring him in. A.J. Green in. Chad Johnson out. And it's a new era. And the same thing sort of happens. Expectations rise. Consistency gets better. They take another step forward from where they were in the early 2000s, in mid-2000s. And yet they still don't become a perennial Super Bowl contender. They don't win a playoff game. They haven't won one in my lifetime. And it's it sucks, right? It sucks. And so when I look back, and those of you that listen to this podcast, when I hosted it in the, in the past from 2016 through the end of 2018, it, it's, it's something that I talked about all the time. And it, it's just so true. And I, I think today the, the excitement around the Bengals, the reason that I would never push back on any of that is because when you have an elite quarterback that is a leader, you have it. And I'm guilty of this. There's so many people that say, oh, well, when you have an elite quarterback, you have it. I don't think that's the case. I don't think Green Bay is great right now. It is in great shape despite all of their success, winning a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. He's elite, but it's kind of awkward. He's never been a great leader. Tom Brady has, Russell Wilson has. I think Pat Mahomes is developing into that. But not every elite quarterback is a great leader. And and when I look at this Bengals organization over the past 20 years, 18 years really, of of competent play, and and again, they've raised the bar from where they were in the 90s. I don't think anyone can debate that. Even over the past four years, 
it hasn't been nearly as bad as it was in the 90s, even though it's been four straight losing seasons. The reason they haven't been able to get over that hump, in my opinion, is elite leadership in elite quarterback play. They've had really good quarterbacks. Carson Palmer in 05 looked like a an elite player, but he was never an elite leader. That was never going to happen. It just wasn't. He was boring. He was dull. He was just kind of lead by example type of guy, right? I remember when he left and Andy came in saying, well, you know Andy's going to do whatever the hell it takes to win. And you never felt that way about Carson always, right? There were times where you questioned it. Ah, is he, not that he's not working hard, but there was times that you questioned if he was all in. And it turns out he wasn't because he demanded a trade just that during that 2010 season, I remember thinking, how is this team struggling so much with Chad and T.O. and Jermaine Gresham? And think about it, Jordan Shipley, Cedric Benson. I mean, they had so much talent on offense and they kept losing and losing and losing. I think part of it had to do with Carson Palmer just being done with the situation, being tired of it. I think that that would never happen to Tom Brady. I don't think that would ever happen to Peyton Manning. I don't think that would ever happen to Russell Wilson. I think that they just have uh, some traits that other quarterbacks, despite physical skills, have. And so when I look at Joe Burrow and I see what he's doing, which is texting teammates, he's reached out to A.J. Green, he's had multiple conversations with him. Tyler Boyd, same thing. John Ross, same thing. I was told by one player today that he jumped into a meeting Joe Burrow, that is, and said, hey, we uh, a wide receivers meeting on Zoom. He's like, hey, we, we got to get together. We got to start working out. That's great. Like, that's great. Like, that's the type of stuff that matters. And when you talk to some of his teammates and what they say, I, I think it's it's such a relevant topic. So when I look at Joe Burrow, it's the complete package, right? He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes' arm strength. He isn't as fast as Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. But he's fast enough, his arm is good enough, and there is a presence about him. He's willing to go the extra mile to make sure that he's on the same page with his teammates. This is a 23-year-old who's been in the league for less than a month, and he's texting seven-time Pro Bowler A.J. Green, hey, let's get this going. Let's work out. I can't wait. Let's get going. And trying to arrange this stuff. Jesse Bates said, that Joe had reached out to Sam Hubbard and, and said, all right, hey, I want to do some seven on seven. And lo and behold, who today did I see was working out with some of his teammates at a local high school? Tom freaking Brady. That's where the comps are fair. That doesn't mean he's going to be Tom Brady. But when I look at Joe Burrow, his presence, the way he commands a room, his confidence, but not cockiness. And there's a big difference, right? Johnny Manziel cocky. The confidence that Joe Burrow has. You could talk to Tom Brady and you could tell he's confident. It's not cocky. There's there's two completely different things. And so when I see that, I just smile. Because it, it seemed like for years on this podcast, I was talking about going after an elite quarterback, going after a player of the caliber of Joe Burrow. And it wasn't just elite traits, arm strength, or anything like that. It was leadership. Because if this team goes where it plans on going over the next few years, there are going to be moments where they're tested, just like the Bengals were in the early 2010s. 2011, on the road at Houston, playoff game, what happens? They're in the game. They're hanging around. They're hanging around. They got to make a move. They got to push for it, and they don't. 
the next year. Rebound. They're going to Houston. They plan on winning that game, and what happens? Well, they don't target A.J. Green at all in the first half, and then Andy Dalton, in what could have completely changed his, the perception of him, I think, from a, a football standpoint, and obviously Andy's a great guy, misses A.J. Green wide open in the end zone in the fourth quarter. That would have given the Bengals the lead. Those are the type of moments that Tom Brady hits. Like, that's the difference. It, I mean, it, it's it's such a thin margin of being an elite player versus being just a really good player. And I think that the leadership plays into it, uh, the calmness, the the ability to re- respond to pressure. So it's like, yeah, pressure doesn't really get to me. And even if there is pressure, that's fine. I'm just going to work really, really hard regardless. And, and that's the the difference. That's the, That's what the elite guys have. And so I think that that's so huge. So Bengals fans, I get it. You're excited. I just wanted to start off by saying everything that you've thought about Joe Burrow from a leadership standpoint, his teammates have backed up. I've talked to multiple of them on the record, off the record, and they believe in him. So it may sound like I'm beating a dead horse or it may sound like we're beating it into the ground. I think he's going to be a leader from day one. I think he's going to come into the huddle whenever training camp is, however training camp is. And the veterans on that team are going to respect him. That's been his goal. I think that's going to happen. And I think you're seeing it unfold and hearing about it unfold right now, even though it's a weird, unique offseason, a virtual offseason. So get excited, Bengals fans. That's great. Do it. Order your Burrow jersey if that's what you want to do. Because I think the hype, as far as being a leader, as far as being able to command a room, as far as being able to have success early on, it's all true. And it's something you can certainly buy into. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast, the only daily Bengals podcast out there. You can subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Jake, let's go out today. He will be back this week. Don't worry about it. Just a, a rest day for Jake. He's been doing this for how many days in a row? You got to give him a rest day here and there. So Jake will be back with us. We'll be back co-hosting this podcast Uh, later in the week but up next let's dive into the joe mixon news of the day it's just a little nugget but i think it's pretty telling and it's certainly worth mentioning here on the podcast but first a quick word from built bar we talk about built bar all the time and if you're just listening to the show you're quarantined maybe your state's starting to open up maybe you don't want to leave the house either way you're trying to get in peak shape for the summer I know I am. And the way you do that is by eating right, following your macros, and working out. Built Bar is the perfect way to fit your macros. You're talking about a protein-packed bar. I'm looking at one right now because I have at least one every single day. This is the Coconut Almond. It's 130 calories, 18 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, only 3 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of fat. It fits in perfectly with your daily macros, protein packed, perfect post-workout or before workout, or if you're doing it in between Zoom calls because you're working from home, a Built Bar is the way to go. And right now, we're going to save you $10, $10 off your first order. All you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, and you're going to save $10 off your first order. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service 
any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's keep things rolling today here on the Locked On Bengals podcast by talking about a report and reacting to a report that came down, kind of went under the radar. Earlier this week from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, he says it's going to be a big few months for running backs from the 2017 draft class as they try to bolster their position. Vikings Dalvin Cook and Bengals Joe Mixon have had productive talks with their teams about new deals, he's told. Though nothing is close at this time, Saints value Alvin Kamara, other, others waiting too. So I can back this up. What I've heard is, is they're certainly talking. There is dialogue between the Bengals and Joe Mixon, but obviously that the the gap of what they're willing to, to offer the Bengals wise or what they're willing to pay is different from what Joe has envisioned. I think this is such a huge moment here for the Bengals because there's so many solid arguments both ways when it comes to Joe Mixon. It's well, certainly he's not worth 16 million. And I agree with that. I'm not paying him Christian McCaffrey money. I don't think anyone would be on board with that. At the same time, I think the Bengals look at the, look at him like this. I think most fans, it, it, Bengals fans across the country and the world see Joe Mixon and say, man, that dude's a stud. I'll never forget the first time I saw Joe Mixon in person in 2017 after he was drafted. Obviously, there was a lot of hoopla and, and discussion uh, about his past and what happened at Oklahoma. But the thing that stood out most to me wasn't any of that. It was, man, he's big. He's just a bigger back. And I don't think people realize, like I, I covered Nick Chubb in Cleveland for a bit with the Browns, specifically that week 17 win at Paul Brown Stadium. I was there for that one. And I interviewed Nick Chubb after the game. And he's small in person compared to Joe Mixon. Nick Chubb's a great running back, and I'm not trying to compare him and do what social media did a few weeks ago, but Joe Mixon's a giant. So the, the fact that he can move the way he does, the fact that his legs are like tree trunks and that he can cut and dash and move, he's just, he's extremely unique. And so I think it's going to be extremely difficult for this team to lock Joe Mixon up long-term because he thinks and knows he's an elite running back. But you look at the numbers He's never ran for more than 1,100 yards, right? He's never crossed that 1,200-yard mark. I get it. He was first in the AFC in rushing a couple of years ago. That sounds good, but no one ran for more than 1,200 yards in the AFC. So he needs to show his full potential if he wants to get paid like a top back. On the flip side of that, if you're the Bengals, there's a lot of reasons why you want to get this deal done now. Because I think Joe Mixon, is going to have more value next year than he is this year. Assuming he's healthy, assuming he plays to his full potential, and the Bengals use the same concepts, at least some of the same concepts that Joe Burrow used at LSU, you're going to see Joe Mixon catch more passes, which should happen, and it's a no-brainer. I think you're going to see a lot of five-man protections, which is what LSU used, assuming the offensive line can hold up, which the Bengals are doing that. So I think Joe Mixon's set up for success this year and really could have his not only his best year in the NFL, but one of the top years from an NFL running back that we see in 2020. So that's the argument. And I've written about this multiple times at SI.com and allbengals.com. When you look at Joe Mixon and you're the Bengals, offering him 
what he's worth is much, much different than offering him what his production shows he's worth. Because to me, if you pay him, and I proposed four years, $40 million, I think that that's a happy medium. It makes him the sixth highest paid running back this season in the NFL. So he's getting paid. And then the Bengals avoid having to pay him Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell type money, Christian McCaffrey type money. So I think that's the happy medium. He gets a hair more than Melvin Gordon, who got two years, $8 million per. You give him four years because he's younger. He hasn't had any serious injuries. $40 million. I think it makes a lot of sense. But if you're the Bengals, that's an overpay on paper. Because again, he hasn't produced like a running back that deserves that type of money. But you have to also ask yourself, how much of that was the Bengals' awful offensive line? How much of that has been bad play calling? I remember back to Joe Mixon's rookie year. He was still not the lead dog in a, a backfield that included Jeremy Hill. That was a joke. So Mixon hasn't been utilized to his full potential yet. And yeah, he's had uh, an injury or two. He had an injury in 2018 and stuff like that. But overall, I think his potential is... been. They've reached about 60% of his potential. Like, if you told me they utilized Joe Mixon and, and got the most out of him this season, I would say 2,000 yards from scrimmage is certainly doable. I could see him running for 1,400 yards and having 600 more through the air. That's the type of talent we're talking about. And so, and this is really how contracts should go anyway. The Bengals have to understand in this type of negotiation, we're going to pay Joe for what he's able to do and can do for the next three to four years which I think is thrive in a system with Joe Burrow and weapons all over the field. I think there's a a really good argument that Joe Mixon is the Bengals' best offensive player. Most dynamic, he can put the, the offense on his back, but he hasn't done it on the field. Like I think he has the talent, but the production doesn't show it. And that's why it's tough right now. It is encouraging to hear that talks are moving forward from Jeremy Fowler. An extremely casual report there, right? There's not much detail. There's no depth to it. But it matters because the last thing you want to hear, and I haven't heard this, but the last thing you want to hear is, oh, they're not even talking. They're so frustrated with each other. The two sides are so far apart. I haven't heard that. And I've I've talked to multiple people who would be familiar with the situation close to Joe, close to the Bengals. And and there's nothing really to report there except talks are ongoing and clearly they're still apart. Plenty of time between now and the start of the regular season to get a deal done. And I also think it's noteworthy. It's about 10 days ago, Duke Tobin, he said that, yeah, it's a priority. We want to try to get a deal done. We know how good Joe is. So I would bet that it's probably going to get done at some point. And I think the happy medium is around that 10, 10 million per mark. Maybe they get lucky from a Bengals perspective and get them at nine. I still think that that's pretty damn good money because it, let's say it's a four-year deal. Joe still hit free agency well before he's 30 years old. If he avoids these injuries which Todd Gurley didn't avoid, right? Devontae Freeman didn't avoid. Like that that's the problem with running back is you get injured. David Johnson, injured, hasn't been the same guy. If he avoids injuries and stays healthy, then he's a guy that could certainly, certainly be productive, much like an Adrian Peterson into his 30s. I, I don't doubt it. I, I think he's that type of talent. I really do. I think he's one of those elite backs that can do that. So if you're Joe... If you're being offered 36 to $40 million for the next four years, I would probably take it versus risking injury this year, going into a contract year, risking injury, 
and then you're not getting any type of guaranteed money. You're not getting any type of long-term contract. So there's reasons, much like Tyler Boyd last year. Tyler Boyd played this well. He signed the extension after year three, after a breakout season, instead of going into a contract year, which A.J. Green did, and he gets injured on the first day of camp. The other thing I want to touch on here is a mix and holdout because there's been a lot of speculation about that. One, I have not seen one report, and there are some headlines out there, and I'm not going to name the outlets. There are some headlines out there that say Joe Mixon's prepared to hold out. That is false. By everything I know, that is false. Uh, The report actually refers back to Paul Daner Jr., who was on this podcast a few weeks ago. And what he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty close because I got into this debate on Twitter on Tuesday. He said basically that the organization is preparing for Mixon to hold out if they can't get a deal done. Not that Mixon is prepared to hold out. And the way it was worded, you could read it one way or the other. I think it was pretty obvious to me. I'm sure Jake and Joe talked about it on this podcast because it was before I hosted it. But that, that to me makes no sense because uh, as far as holding out goes, one is a virtual off season. So what does holding out mean? You don't attend zoom meetings. Okay, Joe, you're not really winning. And in and, and two in their voluntary up until this point anyway. So who really knows if AJ or Joe has been on those calls Two. I think it's extremely, extremely noteworthy. This new CBA is completely different than the last one. So Joe Mixon cannot miss a day of training camp if he wants credit for a full NFL season. Talk to an agent about this. I've confirmed it. That's how it works. So he's going to have to show up to training camp regardless. Well, everything else is virtual. So it's not like he's missing mandatory mini camp or OTAs or anything like that. No, it, it's all virtual. So what does he really benefit from, from holding out? I think that that is uh, an extremely important point to, to convey because I, I think Mixon's going to be here day one of training camp. I don't think he benefits one bit from putting that, putting himself at risk. Um, and, and that being said, that's another argument for getting a deal done. Now get that long-term security so you don't have to worry about it and tiptoe through training camp. It's going to be interesting to see if they get it done. The Bengals have $16.5 million in cap space remaining after they sign the rookie deals. That's an estimate that we've uh, what we've figured out, and uh, that's a, a pretty close to what they have. So plenty of uh, plenty of money, maybe money to sign Larry Warford. I'm still on that train. I'm still on that train. I might be the only one. <laughs> Up next, let's dive into the reopening of Paul Brown Stadium. That's happening on Wednesday. What it means, who's able to go, and who's not. We'll discuss that a little bit next right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I'm hopeful. Confession, I'm hopeful right now. Optimistic, maybe. And I don't want to jinx anything, but I I am extremely hopeful for what we've seen in the the week of sports over the past couple of days. If you live in Ohio, you've seen that the stay-at-home order has now been lifted. Governor DeWine did that. You, You look across the states, Texas, 
open to professional sports returning in June. I New York and California also followed suit. I don't know who did it first or what, but that's extremely noteworthy because the NFL reopening this week, multiple teams opened on Tuesday. The Bengals open on Wednesday, and, and they're not going to send a bunch of people in right away. And that's great. One, the NFL won't let them. But they're, they're just, it's, it's almost a soft opening is how I want to describe it. So team personnel will be allowed and was allowed to return to team facilities Tuesday. The Bengals are going to return Wednesday. No coaches, no players. They're prohibited by the NFL rules. But 50% of the staff or up to 75 employees may return to facilities as long as they do so under state and local guidelines. Huge. This is, is, is big news because you start to get a sense of normalcy. This has been such an unprecedented time for the entire country. And not having sports makes it that much tougher. And I get it. Sports, when compared to human lives, is much, much less serious. It's a child's game, right? But we do love and miss sports. That's why The Last Dance, 6 million people were tuning into The Last Dance. I love Jordan. But man, did that those ratings get a boost because there aren't sports going on. And when I see this, I think it's it's just it's such a a great thing and a step in the right direction. And you just hope that it continues. You hope that there's no setbacks. Uh, another thing that is noteworthy when it comes to this in, in an NFL season, I saw that the NFL is looking into N95 potentially masks for players if they can design some kind of face masks to help protect the safety of the players. That is so important, and that's the thing that that I want to stress here because everybody wants sports back, but you want to do it in a safe manner. You want the coaches and the players to all be safe, whether it's in front of fans or without fans, right? It's We want sports back. We want the NFL to return this fall. I think that's really one on probably anybody listening to this podcast, any of your list, right? But number one on most people's list because – other seasons have already been interrupted. And if they resume, that would be great. If not, it, you just don't want a whole season to go uh, away when it comes to the NFL. So hopefully baseball can return and start its season. Hopefully the NBA playoffs at least can return. And then again, I'm encouraged by this. The fact that the league, because it, this is one thing that I've had a conversation with uh, about really my family members when they ask me about it or friends. What we find out with something like this in a pandemic is something as serious as this. The, the info we end up getting and that comes to the media and comes to the forefront and is reported isn't even close to what's going on behind the scenes. So it sounds like the ramping up testing. I think that's really the key to sports returning is mass testing where you can just give players tests multiple times a week and quarantine them if they need to. And maybe they're out a couple of weeks if they get it, all of that stuff. That's the reality. The unknown with COVID-19 is the scary part. The good news is we're starting to see things open up and you just hope that that continues in the right way, a safe way. So business, not as usual at Paul Brown Stadium on Wednesday, but personnel going to return. And we didn't have that date when we talked about that on yesterday's podcast. Jake and I obviously did a deep dive if you missed it on the, the protocols and things like that, that every NFL team is going to have to abide by during this period. And not every NFL team is choosing to open up right now. The Bengals are, they're doing it Wednesday. So we know that now. And, and 
I'm okay with that. I think that you can do it under safe regulations. Again, it's under 50% of the staff and up to, to 75 employees. Paul Brown Stadium is a big place with a lot of offices and a lot of space. 75 people are in there. You're not going to run into a bunch of people all the time. So I think this makes sense. You have a soft opening before you have a full grand opening as a restaurant to do what? Work out the kinks. There are going to be some kinks. There are going to be some flaws. But you just hope this goes as smooth as possible and we can keep itching forward to the start of the regular season. Well, the start of training camp. So I'm hopeful. I hope you're hopeful. And uh, the more I think about it, the the, the ex- more excited I get, but I don't want to jinx it. Also, if you are you didn't listen to, to yesterday's pod, one more noteworthy thing when it comes to this. The only players that can return to Paul Brown Stadium or any team facilities across the league are those that are in need of rehab. So what, what defines that? Is that Jonah Williams? I don't think so, but who knows? Is that A.J. Green? I'm not sure. Leave that up for debate. Is that Rodney Anderson? I'm not sure. But it is noteworthy that the only players that are allowed back at the team facility are the ones going there for rehab to meet with the team doctor, team physician. And then the only coach is the strength and conditioning coach if they need to be involved or their presence is required due to someone rehabbing. So it's the only coach and the only players that are allowed in the facility. Guys, I appreciate it. It's been a while since I hosted one of these by myself. It was a lot of fun. I hope you liked my rant on Joe Burrow. We will be back at it tomorrow better than ever. Make sure you subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And until next time, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.